I will. Rejoice. Rejoice. At 416. At 416. On Saturday afternoon. On Saturday afternoon. I'm alive and not dead. I'm alive and not dead. I'm awake and not asleep. I'm awake and not asleep. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now she's going to take it over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was good. That helped me. Glory to God. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Better get ready. I am so thankful for you ladies that have hung in there and are still hungry. Everybody say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Hungry for the bread, the manna from heaven. Hallelujah. And I'm thirsty. Thirsty for Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, so... I'll just give you a little bit of my background because some of y'all don't know me. We haven't been here before. How many of y'all have, are new here for the first time at WOW? We've got, we got a few. Okay, great. All right, so um, I was raised in a denomination church. And uh, thank God for the Baptists. Can anybody else say that with me? Thank God for that. All right. And I received a wonderful foundation in that, in that denomination. And. But when I was six years old, I felt the conviction that I needed to have Jesus in my life at a very young age, obviously. And so we always had altar calls in the Baptist church. Every Sunday we had an altar call. And uh, I thought I had had my brother talk to me about receiving Jesus. I had had my dad and mother taught me in, in their home, at our home, to how to receive Jesus, and it really didn't hit me. And what I want to say here right now is conviction of the Holy Spirit is what draws you to Jesus. Unless the Spirit draws you, you will not receive salvation. The Spirit draws you. And so I felt the Spirit drawing me at six years of age, and one altar call went, my my grandmother, who was a very strong uh, believer, and... uh, I used to sit with my, my grandparents because my parents were in the choir. And so I, sat with my, I was sitting with my grandmother, and one of the altar calls came. Now, this is before I felt conviction. But my grandmother said, why don't you go, if you go with me and you receive Jesus as your Savior, I would have done anything for my grandmother. So I, I did. I went down the aisle, and uh, the, the pastor was down there, and I told him, your grandmother told him, that I was wanting to receive Jesus, so I, I told him that. And uh, so, but this, the pastor was very smart, and he came out to our home and he sat down in our living room and he said, "Can you tell me, did you come down the aisle because you wanted to, or because your grandmother wanted you to?" And I said, "Because grandmother wanted me to." I told the truth, you know, because that's where I was. My heart was very open to God, but. And I got to tell you that I never felt without God. Even at at that young of age, I I knew God's presence in my life. But but I kept getting a tug in my heart that I needed to acknowledge Jesus and take him into my life and permanently, you know, have a relationship with him. And so a couple of weeks went by, and the Holy Spirit was working on me about that, you know. And so one Sunday came and went. Another Sunday came and went, and I was feeling worse every time. And I thought, 
I'm not going to be able to stand it another Sunday. And I had made the decision to ask Jesus in my heart, but I had, thought I had to walk the aisle to do it. And it was a very private decision for me. And so that Sunday came, and I beat it down that aisle. I mean, I, I was the first one. The minute the song started playing, I beat it down that aisle. And I, was, I don't remember that anybody else came down that Sunday. Tears running down my cheeks. That Jesus was in my heart. And for, I'm 71 years old now, and he's walked with me my entire life. And I've tried to walk with him. And, uh, and so my life, I've been a seeker. And I encourage you ladies to be a seeker of God. You know, there's a book that came out a few years ago about being a God chaser. Some of y'all may have been familiar with that. Tommy Tenney wrote it. Be a God chaser. Look for God. Look for him everywhere. Look for him, you know. Just have that hunger stirred up in your heart. You will not want to be without him at any point in your life, in the valleys, in the mountains, tops, and all of the experiences of my life, I have felt him all the way my Savior has led me. And I don't know if you're familiar with that hymn, all the way my Savior leads me, what can I ask beside? I won't doubt his tender mercies. He will always be my guide all the way my Savior leads me. And so I have that faith and trust in him. And so... You know, I, I felt led by the Spirit to, for my career as a nurse. I, I went into that. I felt I asked the Lord to lead me to the person I was to marry. He did that for me. Uh, and my parents prayed for me. My grandparents prayed for me. I, ha- I was very blessed to have the home I, ha- I had, to have parents that loved me. I never knew strife in my home at all, never knew any strife. And when I had my first fight with my husband, I thought, this is this is not good. <laughs> you know, I didn't think it was normal to have a fight, you know. And, and so my parents, I think they kind of had their fights, uh, but they didn't do it in front of us, you know. So it was a rude awakening that, you know, when that came. But anyway, I never knew strife, and I'm very thankful for that in my home life. I always felt loved. It wasn't a perfect home. None of them are. But anyway, I began seeking the Lord in, in his word. I learned a lot in that church. Uh, we went to every service, went through the night service of Wednesday night. I mean, we didn't miss hardly any services in my growing up years. And even when I got married to my husband, we prayed together when we dated. We prayed together and sought God in our, in our marriage, in our time. And, and it has been uh, our life. We have had some rough times. I'm not going to tell you that we haven't. And, uh, but our covenant is strong. And that's where, where God is. He will not leave us or forsake us. And his covenant is sure. You can count on the fact that he's not going to leave you. He's, he's not going to desert you. He will not abandon you. He'll always be with you. So, so anyway, I began seeking the Lord in, in the word about Holy Spirit. I wanted to get to know Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I just, uh, you know, I couldn't get enough of it. I saw the gifts of the Spirit in the Bible, and I asked questions, and I didn't get any really good answers uh, that I thought I was going to get from the church that I was in about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the Spirit. I was told they had passed away with the apostles, and we no longer, you know, had those gifts, and uh, and so I I would kind of back off, and I think, oh well, okay. So, but I saw people 
coming again and again for the salvation experience. Like they, they, would, they, did, they knew they needed something more, so they would just come and rededicate their lives. Or, you know, they come back again and again for salvation, and I just knew there was more. I'm not talking against any denomination please, please or any church at all. So please understand that because I loved, we had wonderful church families and, and I loved them, but I wanted more. Don't ever be limited by the theology that you hear. Search the scriptures. That's what the word says, search the scriptures. And I would search the scriptures about Holy Spirit and I began praying and asking Holy Spirit to show me. And the first scripture that I saw was Jesus' words when he, it's in John, the 14th chapter, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you unto all truth. And so I prayed that prayer, Holy Spirit, reveal the truth about you. And so through a series of events, I um, talked to an, another person, a friend of mine at work that was also a seeker. And she had heard about being filled with the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those are all both terms that I'm, you're probably used to being heard, but uh, she said, you know, I, I think this is real. And I said, I do too, and I'm going to get it if it's real. I'm going to get it. And so one day I called her, and I, and I had heard some more negative theology about it. And I called her, and, and I, I said, I, I'm just so hungry for, for, for more from God. And she said, well, I got it. And I got this witness in my spirit that it was real. I got this, you know, this is real. I got so excited. She gave me a little booklet by Full Gospels Businessmen Association, and it was how to be filled or how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So one night when I was uh, um, in my room and I was praying and asking the Lord uh, for new revelation, I was reading that book, and in the last chapter it says, it, it led you up with the scriptures about being filled with the Spirit of God, the last chapter said, said uh, how to receive. And so I thought, tomorrow I'm going to get by myself, and I'm going to get this. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray all day, whatever it takes to get it. And so I, fit, I, I lay down, and I went to sleep. My husband had fallen asleep on the couch. I laid down, and I went to sleep. And I felt this blanket of peace and love just come over me. And I just rested, and I just, I just, you know, I just, it was just amazing, that peace that came over me. And, and, all, and then I went to sleep. And I woke up, and this language was coming out of my mouth. And, and I, I just was, it was just like a, it was a heavenly language, what I call the spirit language. There's a lot, it's a mystery. It's one of the mysteries of God. And so I want to explain to you all how to receive the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I was ready. I thought I had to go through certain steps to receive it. The only prerequisite to receiving the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, is that you're a born-again believer. You don't have to tarry for 60 days or fast for 60 days or whatever. You don't have to do all those things because the gift has been given. The gift has been given at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit fell upon the church. You know, Jesus said when he was talking to the disciples in the 14th chapter of John, he said, don't, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And he said, later on, he said, I'm going, but it's to your advantage that I leave. Now, 
How would that feel to the disciples who had had him teaching them and leading them all the way and had watched him be crucified? And then he was raised again. And, and he was still in their midst, and he was thinking they were, he was going to establish, they were thinking he was going to establish his kingdom then. And he was going to, but in their hearts first, to establish the kingdom. And he said, when he said, it's going to be good for me to leave, they were, um, you can imagine, how can it be good for you to leave this? Because he said, when I leave, I'm going to send the comforter, and he will be available to each one of you. At any time, he will come in and dwell in you. And so they didn't still understand that, but he, they believed him and they were obedient. And they went and they uh, went to the upper room and they waited for the 50-day period from the Passover time, Pentecost, and they waited until the Holy Spirit came. And it said they were all together in one accord and the Holy Spirit fell. And they began speaking in tongues and they... they Tongues of fire over their heads. The mighty rushing wind came in. And they began praising God. And they went out in the streets. And there were all these Jews gathered for that feast of Pentecost. And, and they were all there. And they saw, what is going on? They said, are these men drunk? And, uh, and Peter stands up. Peter, who denied, who denied Jesus at one point. Peter stood up and began saying what had happened. These are not drunk as you, as you suppose, but the Holy Spirit has come, according to Joel, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and my sons and daughters will prophesy, and my and old men will dream dreams. And so he's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. It is available to all who believe in Jesus, and he wants us to have that. And the wonderful thing and the mystery about the spirit language, and all of, I don't know if you all know that you're created in the image of God and you're a three-part being. You are, you are a spirit first. You're spirit first. And then, then you're in a, you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body, the earth tent that he's given you. You're a three-part being. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, it says... When you pray in an unknown tongue, your spirit prays. Okay, so now your, your mind is unfruitful, it says. In other words, your mind doesn't, doesn't produce, doesn't know what you're praying. But when that language is released in you, you, can, you have a language that is straight to the throne room of God. And let me read the scripture. I had it amplified and it was so good. Give me a minute here to... Pull my notes up. It says in, well, this is 1 Corinthians 14, 14. I may have said Romans, I don't know. But anyway, for if, my, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive because it does not understand what my spirit is praying. Then what am I to do? I will pray with the spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, and I will pray with my mind. Using words, I understand. I will sing with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, and I will sing with the mind using words I understand. So here's how I interpreted that myself. When I pray, and I'm, I've been a prayer person for a long time, is communicating with God. And 
when I pray, and I pray in my, uh, my language, that God is my spirit language that God has given me, then I pray for a while, and then all of a sudden, things will come to my mind that I can pray out in English. And God reveals things that I do not see. Because our mind is, it gets jumbled up, and we think we have to pray a certain way, and, and we can mix it up, and it might not be the right thing to pray. But when we pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, it says in Romans 8, joins with us, grabs a hold with us, and prays with groanings that are not, we don't understand. And so the Spirit grabs a hold with us. Isn't that wonderful that we have a prayer partner in the Holy Spirit? And he prays the perfect will of God for our lives. Okay. Everybody with me? And many of you have already received. But you know what? The disciples, they, they were filled at Pentecost. They were filled with the Spirit of God. And it wasn't long after that that the, they, after the witness and, and 3,000 souls, when Peter began proclaiming what Jesus had done, 3,000 souls Received, uh, repented and received uh, Jesus as the Messiah. Long, not long after that, he, they, were, they forbade them, those Pharisees, the Sadducees brought them in, they forbade them to preach or say anything about the name of Jesus. So they go back to the prayer room, so to speak, and they say, God, give us more boldness, fill us again. They were filled again. So you can be filled and filled and filled. In fact, the word says be continually filled with the Spirit of God. So you can have a new filling of the, of the Spirit of God. Okay, is everybody good? Let me get a drink here. It is, I got to say, it's been the most dynamic thing that I have received in my life is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, past my salvation experience. It has been the most dynamic thing that I have had happen spiritually in my life is being filled with the Spirit of God. It's precious. I now have a language from my spirit to pray. And that's, that's what it is. There's a lot of controversy about tongues, a lot of naysayers, a lot of people say it's of the devil and different things like that. But what it produces is amazing. It's not of the devil, believe me. The devil hates it. <laughs> he doesn't want us praying with power. Now, it says in Acts, it says, You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what is that power for? Power to be... Somebody said it over here. Yes. Power to be my witnesses. Now, what have we been talking about this whole conference? What is a witness? Someone that gives testimony of who Jesus is in their life. Do you want power to be a witness? Do you want to have that witness of what Jesus has done in your life? And that power will go forth and it will touch, just like it did with Peter. That power, he got up and he preached and 3,000 souls were saved. And that's how the gospel was dispersed. Because all of those Jews... They heard in their own language. They were from different areas. They went. That was a, another miracle of the tongues that they heard in their own language, and they couldn't explain it. It's a mystery. It's one of God's mysteries, and it's a wonderful gift that he gives us to enter into the things of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. That's why the prayer language is so important that we receive it. 
Now, our mind is unfruitful, so sometimes if you're trying to receive that with your mind, it's not going to happen. It doesn't come from your mind. It comes from down here in your spirit. So, you know, Jesus said, uh, John baptized with water, but I baptize with the Holy Spirit, fire, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he said of the Spirit, which hadn't yet come. And so the Spirit hadn't been given yet until Jesus was glorified. So the minute you receive Jesus as Savior, you can be filled with the Spirit of God. But a lot of us haven't had that revelation. So we don't understand it. But we need it. We need it, the power of it to live our lives. And, to, to, and we need to use that gift of praying in tongues. Is everybody understanding? Okay. All right, let's see here where I'm at. I'm just going by the Spirit, and I have skipped around things. So um, I just want to read this thing. One of the greatest, one of the mysteries, great mysteries in our relationship with God is our communication with Him in the gift of speaking in tongues or the heavenly prayer language. I prefer to call it the language of the Spirit. There are important reasons every believer needs this gift. First of all, it needs to be known that the gift of tongues is available to all believers. There has been much confusion about the issue, and it's it divided believers for some time. I have confidence by the time you, read the, you hear this information that you will be convinced that this gift is available to you. And even while you are hearing it, the Holy Spirit's priming so that you'll be able to do this. You'll be able to pray in tongues. Okay. All right, so... All right, now Jesus, if you notice in the, in the word, Jesus never baptized, uh, John the Baptist did, and his disciples baptized people because Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. It says he will baptize in the Holy Spirit. So he, when you come to God to receive that gift, you're going to say, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I want, I want everything you have, Lord. I want to be able to pray in my spirit language, baptize me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. That's who Jesus is the one that baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. He's the one that sent Holy Spirit to this earth uh, to indwell believers, to indwell the church. And there's many advantages, okay? Um, here's kind of, you can, you know, this is a prayer. You, we're going to pray prayers over those that want to receive or if you want to be refilled. We can do that. Or if you need a help, help with releasing your language, maybe you've asked for it and you haven't been able to release your language, we will do that. We will help pray with you on that. And, uh, and so what you want to do is begin praising and thanking him and expect the gift of tongues to come, prayer language to come. It will not come from your mind, but it will come from your innermost being. Some people experience shaking, crying, laughing. Some people don't really feel anything. It's not a prerequisite that you uh, have to have these feelings. But a lot of times they come or manifestations. But usually you will know that something has taken place. Begin to let your tongue express what is going on inside. Everyone's language is different, just like our fingerprints. We pray together as a group here. Nobody's language sounds alike. You know, this morning I was listening as, as Lisa was praying in her, 
in her prayer language, and I often hear her say this word. And it's a Hebrew word. Shema, Shema, Shema. That's the name of God. God is with us. He's with us. And I've heard other language, you know, I've heard Spanish words come out. But it says that when, when people were filled with the Spirit at Pentecost, that they heard in their own language, the people, what they were saying was they were magnifying God. They were magnifying God in their own in the languages, various languages, the, the disciples. And by the way, there were 120 many women there. You know, the word is kind of negligent about the women sometimes. But I got to tell you, women are God's secret weapon. And it started with Eve because he said, your seed will crush the head of the serpent. Right? And he brought Jesus through a woman. He was born of a woman who was submitted to the Holy Spirit, Mary, of course. So women are God's secret weapon. And you begin to worship in your home and pray in tongues, God will come. You, you begin to do that. You begin to release worship. God will be there. He will come. And he will change the atmosphere in your home. And you can, you can worship in your, your prayer language. You can worship in your English language or Spanish or whatever language you speak. But you need this gift. To live the life of a believer, an overcoming believer. You need it. Okay. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. That's what tongues does. It builds you up in faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. That's Jude 20. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keeping Keep yourselves in the love of God. And I believe that's another thing prayer language does. It keeps us in the love of God. Keeps us there. Here's that other scripture. Likewise, the Spirit always helps our weaknesses. For we don't know what to pray. We should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself, himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then that's Romans 8, 28. And then in Ephesians 5, 19 and 21, it says, but be filled with the Spirit, continually filled is a good way to say it, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. The controversy about tongues sometimes because of 1 Corinthians 14 where Paul goes into the tongues, the gift, the gifts of the Spirit and the tongues, and he says, I speak in tongues more than you all, but I would rather give a word in English or in a, in a congregation, speak out a word of English so that people can understand. Now, if we do a lot of praying in the Spirit here, but we're not, we're stirring ourselves up to hear from God. But if we're speaking out, like if I were to pray my prayer language now, it would need to be interpreted for you to understand it. Right? Okay, so that's the controversy. They think, well, that's not right. If you don't interpret, you can't pray in the prayer language. Don't be inhibited 
about praying in your prayer language. <laughs> Although I know you sometimes can, people think you're nuts and all that. If you get out there, one time my son and I were walking through Walmart and there were some foreign people walking by just rattling off in their foreign language. And I thought, I wonder if I prayed in tongues, if they would, could understand. What I, <laughs> and I did. I prayed. I was just praying my prayer language, walking by, and my son was looking at me. <laughs> Uh, nobody paid any attention, but anyway, <laughs> I had that thought, you know. But I do believe that God can move in, in mysterious ways, in situations where people can understand. I've heard that happening, that their language barrier wasn't was there and they couldn't understand. Are y'all ready? Are you ready? Okay, ready to receive a good dose. Hallelujah. Maybe if, maybe I'll be the first timers. Okay, let me see if I have any more scriptures here. You can expect when you're filled with the Spirit of God that this language is going to flow out of you. You can expect that. Um, So just be ready to receive it. All right. Yes. Right. Well, do we still need Jesus in this earth? Do we still need to be witnesses in this earth? Do we still need to have the power to be witnesses in this earth? Do we still need miracles in this earth? Do we still need healings in this earth? God wouldn't take that gift away from us. How could he? We've got to have that power. You know, we've got to have it. And I feel it right now. My body is trembling. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me see if I've got anything else. Anybody else have a question? That was good. Okay, just a second, and I'll find it. Yeah, it's John. You say it, did you say it? I had some John 14s here. Uh, let's see. Now I'm having trouble finding my notes. Okay, here it is. It's in John 7, 38 and 39. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, his innermost being, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, anybody else? Any more questions? Now, how are we going to proceed? I feel like that we need our prayer ministers, and we're going to kind of, the new people are going to go that really haven't received before. We'll have some come here. At least if you have any better ideas, we'll. Come on, everybody. If you want to just be have a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit, come get it. Hallelujah. If you want to be get your language going, come get it. So ask questions if you need to. I want to dispel all unbelief in the name of Jesus. That people will come to receive the truth of who Jesus is, of who Holy Spirit is in your life. Now, let me tell you this. Can you hold on just a minute? When when you receive Jesus, we got some hungry women here. When you receive Jesus, 
Holy Spirit does do the work of regeneration and seals you unto God. Holy Spirit is there. But Jesus said the filling, when he, he says he baptizes in the Holy Spirit, it comes and we are filled to full uh, so that we can pour out and we can be witnesses of what he's doing in our lives. Okay? All right, so let's kind of see. Let's do three groups. Um, let's put the ones that want to be filled first or have never been filled, if you'll come up here, right in the middle. The ones that want to be uh, just refilled. Did you want to already do her? Okay. The ones that want a new filling of the Spirit over here. The ones that just want, to, want prayer to receive, uh, maybe get their language loosed, or can come over here. And so... Ladies, come and get it. Come and get it.